the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for your personal bank show with Ferret's Tove, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with your personal bank. Now here's Ferret's Tove. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. You know, we recently celebrated Memorial Day, and I want to share a story uh, I've rarely shared. I served in the uh, U.S. Army, 3rd U.S. Infantry, the Old Guard. Uh, those of you those of you that are in the military probably know what that is. Those that you don't, those of you that didn't, um, it was basically the, the old guard is the, uh, ceremonial unit. It's the oldest infantry unit in the U S army, but it's all now ceremonial. It's, uh, the, the company that I served in each of the squads or one of them were the tomb soldiers at Arlington cemetery, for example, case on platoon. I was in the Fife and Drum Corps. I was a musician. Uh, I played uh, I played uh, taps at military funerals, for example, because I played bugle and trumpet. And uh, we also, you know, we did a lot of uh, arrival ceremonies, things like that, at the White House and, and literally all over the country. Uh, I got the opportunity to perform at different events like uh, Kentucky Derby, Indy 500, those types of things, which uh, which were a lot of fun. And uh, so it, it was. It was really an interesting duty that I got to do. It was something that I had to audition for. It's an honor to be a part of the old guard. Um, it's not something easy to get into. And so, for a long time, I have to say this. I um, I struggled when somebody would say things. You know, today if, you, if somebody finds out you served in the military, uh, you know, they you know, typically say something like "Thank you for your service" and all, which is which is a it's, it's a nice thought. It, it's it's appreciated, but I struggled with it for a while because, you know, I didn't serve, you know, I was in the military force, I served, but I didn't, um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't in a war, I didn't shoot anyone or get shot at, so to speak, uh, certainly didn't sacrifice my life, which is what uh, Memorial Day is all about, uh, honoring those who did, made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms, but I struggled because I felt like I, yes, I had participated, but I hadn't you know, done as much as many others had, of course. And it was actually interesting. I had this old retired sergeant who had served in three three combat tours, okay, well-decorated. And I said, I remember one day talking to him some years ago, mentioning that. And he said, hold your horses right there. Don't you ever say that again. And I learned a lot from him. And he said to me, I said, what do you mean? He goes, you, he said, did you do your duty? I mean, you had a job to do. Did you do it? I said, yes. He did. He goes, did you do it honorably and the best of your ability? I said, I tried to. He goes, and he says, you have nothing to be ashamed of. Because he goes, yes, he was the tip of the spear, as you put it. He was on the front lines on three different combat tours. But like he said, without the support troops and everything else behind him, there's no way he could have done his job. And that really kind of opened my eyes to the whole 
you know, we have a role, we had a job to do, and I did it well. And again, I did it to the best of my ability at the time. And so since that point, I have been proud of it. And so I don't feel so bad about when somebody says, thank you for your service. So I'm sharing this because, again, Memorial Day happened recently. And uh, a lot of times, a lot of people say that. I think it sometimes is out of rote or just when they find out. And just understand, for some, some people who serve, like myself, it might make them a little uncomfortable. But, 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 the, but the thank you is still nice. So I, I wouldn't recommend stopping it. Um, but I got a little story about Memorial Day I want to share that I've rarely shared with people. And um, I think this is a good time to do so. So, again, I was a sergeant, like I said, in the Old Guard. One of the things that the Old Guard did was kind of a neat, neat behind-the-scenes thing every Memorial Day is we, we would go out to Arlington Cemetery because our base, Fort Myer, Virginia, borders Arlington. Okay, so, you know, we share a border with the cemetery. And so the entire battalion, about a thousand, it was about a thousand people, would go out about 4 a.m. roughly and would put a flag, an American flag, on each uh, each and every uh, uh, tombstone. And it's, by the way, it's one boot length uh, away and stand up straight, right? And then all throughout the day, and, and Memorial Day is the busiest day of the year for Arlington. Usually well over 100,000 people visit that day. There's a special ceremony with the tomb guards and everything. It's quite the event. If you are ever around Washington, D.C., around Memorial Day, I highly recommend going to Arlington National Cemetery. It's one of those bucket list kind of things um, to see and Look, if you're struggling with your patriotism, um, you certainly will gain a lot of that from attending something, an event like this. But one of the things we do is, so I had a drive, I had a Jeep and a driver and two runners. So uh, I got to be on this Jeep driving all around Arlington all day for most of the day. And our job was, and there were several of us, of course, but our job was to make sure the flag stayed straight all day long. So I was I was standing up in the jeep, kind of like a you know a General Patton kind of thing almost, and uh, with binoculars and be looking at looking for flags all over the cemetery, which if you've been there is quite hilly, so it's not an easy thing to do. But uh, uh, you know, and I'd see a flag that wasn't straight, and I'd point to it and say, you know, 100 yards to the left, uh, there's a flag that's uh, not not upright, and one of the runners in the back seat would jump out. And he'd run out and straighten it and come back. And we did this for hours. And it was, inter- it, was, it was an interesting thing, again, behind the scenes. And it was a special time because, again, there were so many visitors on that day, on Memorial Day, to Arlington Cemetery. Of course, I'm in full Army uniform as a sergeant. We're driving around in an Army Jeep, right? And I would have just so many people would say to us that day, thank you for your service. And it was... Um, it was emotional to say the least, and it was heartwarming. So, just a little behind the scenes experience. Uh, maybe you know, I get told I should share more of these things that I got to experience because being part of that, I was behind the scenes in the White House and other places like that in many events, and uh, it was quite interesting. It was very interesting duty. I'm glad I did it. Um, there were some things I didn't like about the Army, certainly, like the hurry up and waits in the early mornings, but there were some things I did like about it, and that was one of them. On that note, I guess what I want to share from thinking about this is, I don't know about you, but I think to the days when I was serving in the military, you know, at, you know, several decades ago now, 
and thinking of the kind of people that were there and the people that were in the military and in the government and all of that kind of stuff. And whether I agreed with them politically or not all the time, um, often I could at least have some level of respect for them. Because, and what I mean by that is, I felt like they had at least the best interest of the country in mind, for the most part, even if I disagreed with them. And I guess that's why I've gotten so fired up recently, these last couple of years. I, wasn't, I haven't been a political person. Now, if you've been listening to the show any period of time, you probably disagree. But prior to a couple of years ago, I talked I rarely discussed politics with anyone. Um, I was a typical per, uh, voter out there who would pay attention to the election about a month or so before, figure out who the candidates were that were running, and you know decide who I wanted to vote for. I'd go vote, and then pretty much uh, forget about it and move on with my life, which is what I think most Americans were doing uh, most of their lives. Of course, we now have a group of people that are in charge of our country that I do not believe have the best interest of our country or the average American in, in, in mind. And I say that strictly based on their policies. And we could go on and on and on, you know, whether it's Afghanistan or the border or, or the energy crisis, any of those things. I, I just don't believe they have the best interest of this country in mind. They have an agenda of their own that does not benefit our, this country or majority of the people in this country, citizens at least. And they're just, as I said many times, just plain old fanatics in terms of their agenda. And it doesn't matter. Damn the torpedoes. You know, come hell or high water, they're going to do their follow their agenda. And I don't respect that. I do not respect that at all. And that's what's gotten me fired up and all the in infringements on our freedoms that we've seen and attempted infringements are just incredibly frustrating. And, you know, we've gone through this holiday weekend recently and thinking about Memorial Day and the ultimate sacrifice that many, so many made throughout our country's history to protect the freedoms that we still enjoy. And we have those many in power right now who completely disregard the Constitution, call it, you know, they don't like it. They, they attack our freedoms constantly. And on one hand, absolutely, it's incredibly frustrating. And, and we, I, and we need to stay in the fight to protect our freedoms. But I don't know about you. Don't, don't you get tired sometimes, just tired of it all? I mean, I know I do. It's, it's, it's like this constant, steady drumbeat of attack against our freedoms, the things that, the very things that our country was founded upon. And I, I'm not going to give up, don't get me wrong. In fact, there's so many things happening, it's encouraging, but it's, I'm far more encouraged than I was a year ago. I've said that many times, because so many people have stood up and are standing up and protecting our freedoms and fighting for them. And that's great. But it gets tiring sometimes and frustrating. And I guess I'm feeling a little bit of that fatigue right now. Maybe it's because I just got through recently a holiday weekend. And like I said, I, I like to think about things. And I could think about those sacrifices that those people made. And I just got to say, when it comes to Memorial Day, and you think about those patriots who made the ultimate sacrifice to protect our freedoms, 
And then you think about the people who are in charge who are trying to do things like recently, the most recent thing they're attacking, of course, is gun rights, Second Amendment. And you just got to wonder, I mean, where, where are these people coming from? I mean, I, I, I have friends, clients, people I've inter, you know, interacted with over the years who are liberal in their, and conservative and everything in between. What I haven't experienced, and I think what so many of us have been so shocked by, including myself, is the level of dedication and anger and, I want to say it, evil even, of some of these people that have found themselves in positions of power. It's like they keep nominating, you know, the Biden administration keeps nominating these various people for these different government posts, and they're just out and out hate this country, want to change it. They're outright Marxists, communists, some of them even. It's like, where are they buying these people from? Anyway, I'm going to talk about some more of this and some other things I think that are important for us to know. So I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned. I'm in a bit of a philosophical mood today, I guess. But if you want to contact me to learn how to take charge of your money, get control of it, reduce your taxes, reduce your market risk, get positive arbitrage, and safely leverage bank money and increase your returns, contact me. It's toll free 866 268-4422, again, 866-268-4422, or yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on Your Personal Bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. As I was stating in the last segment, I'm getting sick and tired of being sick and tired of the current administration attacking our freedoms. That is not, and I repeat, that is not what this country was founded upon. And I don't know if I can find a better example of that than Memorial Day, which we all celebrated recently. Or at least I hope you spent a few minutes thinking about those who gave gave their lives to protect our freedoms. Folks, that's a really, really big deal. And I, I think so many dis, underestimate or dis, discourage, disparage that even, or don't take it serious enough. It's a really big deal. There are people that believed in our, the freedoms that we have in the Constitution, the rights that we have as individuals, to the point they're willing to sacrifice their life for it. And, and remember, most of these people that did that, that gave their lives to, to protect our freedoms, were young men who had their entire lives ahead of them. And they sacrificed that or were willing to, and they made that ultimate sacrifice so that we, the rest of us that are still living in this country, can enjoy the freedoms that our founding fathers established through the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Bill of Rights. And why I'm bringing this up right now, and I think it's absolutely horrendous timing, but not surprising that our current administration has decided they want to attack Second Amendment rights. Obviously, they're using recent events, mass shooting events, as the What's the word I'm trying to think of is the impetus. But the reality is, and and I think is, is 
the Second Amendment and gun rights have nothing to do with mass shootings. In other words, guns are tools just like any other tool. Look, if you want to build a house, you need a hammer and you need a saw, okay? You're just, you know, those are tools you need to build a house. And guns are a tool that can be used for good or for evil. And it's enshrined in the Second Amendment of our Constitution, in the Bill of Rights, and there's a reason why. Because, see, a lot of people haven't really paid attention or don't know the Second Amendment probably as well as they should, or at least the intention behind it. I'll put it that way. Uh, because it gets disparaged. And I know, I understand there's a lot of um, strong feelings about the Second Amendment and gun rights. Um, I, I totally get that. It, it's, a, it's a strong emotional issue. Um, in fact, I can tell you personally that a, um, I had never held or even, had, I never shot or even held a gun until I joined the military. I grew up on a farm and everything. It was just not something our family did or had. It wasn't that we were really against it or for it. Um, it was just, it was some of, it was one of those things that was just never brought up. It was, it was just a, a non-issue. And, and in fact, I remember when we had a, a horse that broke its leg, actually, and, and, and sadly had to be put down. My cousin had to come over because he had a rifle so that we could do it. We didn't have any weapons. We didn't have any guns. It just wasn't, it just was never talked about. It just was not an issue. You know what I mean? So we weren't positive to it or negative to it. It was just neutral. And when I got in the military, it was kind of interesting. When I went in basic training, I remember this, the uh, the uh, the drill sergeants. And there was there's like 40, uh, 40 of us guys in this uh, unit, right, this platoon, in um, basic training. And he said, "How many of you have never shot a gun?" I was like, three hands, three of us hands went up." He goes, "I, I predict you three will be marksmen, and the rest of you are going to struggle because we had to learn how to shoot an M16." And he said, that you're, you guys have bad habits, and I've got a break. You three don't know anything, so we can teach you the right way. And it was interesting. He was right. Uh, us three all ended up being marksmen and I think one other guy. And that was it out of the whole unit. Um, and that's where I learned how to shoot a rifle was in the Army. Okay? So I've been comfortable with it since because I was – and I think that's one of the biggest problems, challenges. For example, even with my own wife. She has a – she was very much against guns for many years. It was actually Hurricane Katrina that finally I kept saying, you know, if we ever had an emergency or something like that, we need to be able to protect ourselves. And she was always very against it until Hurricane Katrina, and she saw the after effects of that and how people were basically left to fend for themselves. You can't count on government or, or the police or any other entity for that matter all the time. Sure, you, you know, if you've got an emergency, should you call the cops? Absolutely. But there's no guarantee that they're going to be there or be there on time. And so that's what caused her to agree to, I got my first pistol at that point. I'm a legal gun owner and all that sense, okay? Um, the other parts of it is it's interesting is with the lack of, lack of a border security, we have, we have literally millions of people that have now entered this country over the last year or so. And with very little uh, control or no, knowing very little about who is actually here. I'm not, 
I'm not against immigration. Heck, I'm I'm first generation. My dad escaped from Hungary from the Soviets. Okay, I'm against illegal immigration. We should have a legal process for it, and we should be able to pick and choose who comes here. And we should get, take the best and the brightest. Plain, plain and simple. My dad wanted to be in a college student. He was a political refugee from a communist country, and he came here, went through the process, did it the right way, became a citizen, became an electrical engineer, was a productive citizen, raised a family, all those things. And that's the right way to do things. And so I think what you'll find is when it comes to immigration, I know I'm off topic a second here, but that's okay, is when you talk to people who are legal immigrants or or say first generation of legal immigrants. They're very much for immigration, but they're very much against illegal immigration. Look, my dad did it the right way. Why should other people be able to jump the line, so to speak? And plus, we should know who's coming here, and we should be able to prevent those that we don't want here, criminals or whatever, bad actors, we should, we, we should be able to keep them out. It's that simple. Because we have not done that, it's no secret that crime has increased literally just about everywhere in the country. We have higher crime, we have record crime rates literally almost everywhere. If there was ever a time and a place where firearm security was more important, it's now. And then they're wanting to take it away from us. But I was getting off the point. The Second Amendment, by the way, is a very simple amendment. If you haven't read it, it's one sentence, folks. And it states, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state is the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. See, the key point of this is the well-regulated militia is necessary to the security of a free state. The right for people to keep and bear arms is necessary for the security of a free state. Folks, and they shall not be infringed. In other words, there are no rules, laws that will impede this people, the right of the people, the citizens, to keep and bear arms. And why is that in the Constitution? Why? Why did they want to add this to the Second Amendment? Well, stay tuned, because I'm coming up on a hard break, and I'm going to talk about that further. If you want to contact me to take care of your financial situation, take control of your money, Contact me at toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. I'll show you how to take control of your money through this tough economic time. So stay tuned. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. I'm talking about the Second Amendment and gun rights. I know it's controversial for many people, and it's a highly emotionally charged subject. I was served in the military. I'm a gun owner. I think I have a little bit. I'm a family man. I've got a wife and daughters to take care of, raise, and protect. I think I have a little bit of uh, right and say so on this. The bottom line is, People need to understand. I understand, people don't understand this. First of all, it's in the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Our founding fathers put it in there because, first of all, the Bill of Rights, which was the first 10 amendments of the Constitution, were added to the original Constitution because the states were concerned that the federal government would have too much control. 
over people's lives. Does that sound familiar? Do you think that's a valid concern? I, I think so. We have an overbearing, overarching federal government today. It's gotten involved in just about every part of our lives, far beyond what was ever, ever conceived of by the founders. Okay? In fact, about a month or so ago, I was talking to a friend of my wife's. We got together. He's former retired military and has worked in, uh, he's now works for the federal government and has, well, basically for his entire life. Very much of a pro-government, federal government employee kind of guy. And we were talking about something, came up, and he said, well, you know, having freedoms, that's important, but also having some government uh, regulations is important, and, and having some balance is the key. And I said, I agree with you completely, but here's, what I, here's where I think you and I part ways. I believe, you think that where we're at is some kind of balance. I believe, personally, that we're far, far way out of balance. In other words, our federal government, you included, have infringed upon our rights as, as citizens far beyond what was ever intended. In other words, you guys have overstepped your bounds way, way, way too much. That's my opinion. And, you know, we agreed to disagree, basically. That was his perspective, and that was mine. But the thing is, this challenge of the Second Amendment, it was put in, again, the first ten men, the Bill of Rights, the first ten amendments of the Constitution were added by the states. They weren't willing to agree to the Constitution unless they had some extra protections for themselves, the states, and the people, the citizens, to prevent the federal government becoming, from becoming too powerful. And one of those happened to be the Second Amendment, where it states a well-regulated militia, and here's the key part, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. And it's about the right and security of a free state. In other words, the founding fathers understood overbearing governments, dictators. In fact, they had just, they had just fought for freedom from a king, which is nothing more than a dictator in fancy robes, right? Absolute power. They understood the government's natural tendency, go through human history. This is true throughout human history. Governments tend to grab more and more power and take it away from the people. To deny that is to deny human nature and human history. That is a fact. Okay? And the, one of the biggest things the founders did with the Constitution was to enshrine protections and freedoms for the people. I've even had some people who responded to this show tell me, oh, you talk about freedom and all that stuff too much. Um, it's not that important. Folks, I believe it's vitally important. And based on the actions I've seen for the last couple of years, I've seen a government willing to infringe on our freedoms and our rights, including economic freedoms, beyond anything I've seen in my lifetime, beyond anything I would have dreamed of even possible in many cases, like shutting down businesses for, for COVID was the excuse, but it could have been any reason. I don't really care. My opinion is the federal government didn't have the rights to do that, okay? It's not in the Constitution, that's for sure. But more, most recently, we're seeing, we've seen attacks in many other areas, but now, because of some recent events through some horrific mass shootings and such, now they're gotten on their hobby horse about gun rights and wanting to take those away. Folks, this is key to our, as, as the Founding Fathers said, this is the key to the security of our free state. It's the key to our freedom, folks. 
That's what you need to understand. And let me give you a recent example. A recent example is Australia. A few years ago, they took away guns and bought back guns and everything, and then COVID shutdowns happened, and look what happened to Australia. Basically, they had the military put people in confinement, confine them to their homes. People lost their rights, and they had no way to fight back. This is the thing that the founders saw, okay? And the, the whole thing about you have the right to own cannons, that's such a joke. The reality is you did. And somebody could have owned a cannon back in the, in the founders' days, okay? It was legal. That's a total lie. So don't let them get you with that one. I'm going to talk about this further and finish up some other key points and things I think will affect us economically and going forward. So I'm going to encourage you to stay tuned. If you want to contact me to how to navigate this high inflation uh, economy, take control of your money, gain positive arbitrage, increase your return safely without market risk, call me at 3-866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. Well, I started the show today, a little bit of thoughts reminiscing about Memorial Day, which we, we uh, celebrated recently, and some of my experiences while I was in the Army, stationed in D.C., the Old Guard, uh, at Arlington Cemetery. If you missed that and that interests you, uh, go to yourpersonalbank.com. You can listen to this or any of the previously recorded shows. I had some uh, unique behind-the-scenes experiences serving uh, in the old guard during that. It was kind of kind of fun. Anyway, the thing I'm really discussing today, I am I'm focused on the whole thing about the erosion of our freedoms, and it's so ironic that the our federal government is now attacking second of the Second Amendment and gun rights right around Memorial Day during a time where people were celebrating the time when people gave their ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms. And like the Second Amendment states, I've said this a couple times in the last segment, but it says, it's one sentence, folks, it's not complicated. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to bear and keep, uh, keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. In other words, the right for people to keep and bear arms is necessary to the security of a free state. Folks, it means it's necessary for our freedoms. And again, if you haven't paid attention, our, our freedoms basically are built. That's like the bedrock. Free speech and right to, uh, the first two are probably the two most important. The right to free speech and the right to, right to keep and bear arms are two of the key rights we have as citizens to maintain freedom and democracy. If we don't keep those twin pillars up, we've been attacking, we've been, we, we will lose our democracy. We will lose the freedoms that we enjoy. It's plain and simple. There's no two ways about it. Perfect example, recent, Australia took away guns a few years ago. COVID happened and basically shut the country down. And if you, if you left your house, you had the military on you and you had no way that they, there was no risk for the government for any uprisings or protests because there's no way for the people to do anything about it. And I, like I said, the one thing, a joke about, um, it, it, it is a joke, you know, you, the, the lie that's been put out there. Well, you, in colonial days, you couldn't uh, own a cannon. Folks, you could. That's the fact that 
Back then, they could have owned cannons, okay? <laughs> the right to do it, all right? So forget that noise, all right? And this whole thing about technology is better. Well, of course, technology advances throughout time from muskets to what we have now, okay? Now, it's not the guns that's a problem. It's everything around it. It's the people holding the guns. Look, I'm all for um, citizens being able to own guns to protect themselves, okay, and to enjoy, uh, you know, sport, sport and hunting and things like that. But most importantly, my concern is it's about protection, which has gotten even more of a critical factor with a porous, open southern border and allowing millions of people to come into our country. We have no idea who many of them are. There is no argument. The statistics, the facts are simple. Crime has increased across this country to all-time all records. We are less safe today as citizens than we were two years ago. That is a documented fact. If there was a time to have more gun safety and protect yourself, now is the time. Now, I'm also for people understanding how to use them. If you own a, own a firearm, you should have some training and practice to maintain it, just like the police do and military do, so that you know how to operate it correctly and safely. All right? There, you need, otherwise, what it is is a lot of people like my wife, and many people, they're afraid of them because they're not familiar, familiar with them. Familiarity and training helps alleviate that. And the last part of this is, statistically speaking, women are more at risk of, of crime than being, you know, whatever. That's a statistical fact. So all of this stuff going on with crime and stuff affect women more than men even. So women, and, they, and it's happening in record numbers. More and more women, I've taught my girls, my wife, and trained them. And I believe more and more women should have firearms training and be able to protect themselves. They need to do that, okay? To rely on a government or a police force or anything else for that matter is foolish. It just is, folks. Look, I'm not against the police or anything. Don't get me wrong, but they can't always be everywhere at once. And there's many times, like we saw with Hurricane Katrina, for example, you're on your own, man. It, you got to be able to protect yourself. You can't rely on others. And then the last one I, I hear about is the whole Pollyanna thing. Well, if there were just no guns. Well, that argument falls flat on its face because that was like saying, well, if there were no nuclear weapons. I mean, you're not going to get all the governments of the world to eliminate nuclear weapons. So you have to have them. Teddy Roosevelt said it best, I think. He said, speak softly and carry a big stick. I mean, that's the best security you can have. And that's what I, how I feel about firearms. If somebody's threatening myself or my family, I'm going to protect them. And I'm going to speak softly but carry a big stick. You follow me? Teddy Roosevelt had it right. That's how you're the safest, okay? And the way things are going, man, there's some stuff going down that uh, I'll just give you a couple of them here. Just recently, the Canadian Prime Minister Trudeau announced legislation to freeze handgun ownership and buy back assault-style weapons. He's talking about it being it becoming by the end of this year, it'll be no longer possible to buy, sell, transport. I'm sorry, buy, sell, transfer, or import handguns anywhere in Canada. That's following the, the same lead as what Australia did. Look, if 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 the Canadians allow this, 
um, they are going to lose their freedoms. Because the next thing that comes down the pike, the next, how should I say, emergency or anything else, created or otherwise, they're going to be at at the whim of the government. They'll, it's, it's, it's a scary position to be in. And then now Biden has come out and stated he calls 9mm high caliber weapons and suggests banning them, which happened to be the number one most popular weapon. And here's the thing. If you understand anything about handguns, a 9mm is not a large handgun. Okay, folks? Um, they're talking about a 22. A 22 is what you use to shoot rabbits and small, small game. You know, you can't, you know, a 22 isn't going to, you're talking about protection of yourself. If somebody's coming after you or threatening your family, you're not going to stop them with a 22, most likely. Again, to me, I'm not a hunter. I'm not into it. I'm not all that into target practice. I enjoy it to a degree, and I do it for to maintain, um, how should I say, um, familiarity with, with weapons. Okay, and I did it in the military, of course. But it's not something I enjoy a lot. It's not something I'm, I'm into. Some people are. That's, that's their thing. That's great. But it's not something I'm totally into. I do it at more, more of a necessity thing. My, my whole thing is why, why is simple. Protection, security, protecting my family, and risk crime is higher than ever. You know, here's another one I'll give you. Another reason why the Second Amendment is so important in gun rights. We're seeing more and more articles talking about because of renewable energy dependence and lack and limitations of fuel, particularly diesel fuel, we could be experiencing rolling blackouts this summer in various parts of the country. Now, let me ask you a question. Depending on where you live and where you're located, have, have we not seen during blackouts, riots, and things like that in this country, particularly in the last few years? Absolutely, we have. And if you have something food, otherwise, whatever it is, if somebody may want, and you have no way to protect yourself, does it make sense to protect yourself? I believe so. And I've said this so many times, and I know this isn't popular. Um, I know this isn't uh, socially correct or politically correct. I don't care. I've said, you know, investing, for example, in precious metals and stuff, if your reason for doing so is you believe that we're going to have chaos, so to speak, economically. I do not believe that investing in gold and other precious metals is wise because your reasoning is, is, is not accurate. The, for diversification, fine. Currency stuff, fine. But for chaos, I do not agree with that. The reason simple. If we have economic chaos or civil unrest or emergencies, natural disasters, whatever, does somebody want yellow metal or do they want food and water? and medicine, and guns and ammo to protect the food, water, and medicine, right? So if you're going to put something away for, I've said this before, for chaos, potential chaos, one of my friends likes to call it the zombie attack, all right, tongue-in-cheek, you know, the money you would have put into precious metals, I'd strongly recommend buying weapons, ammunition, medicine, alcohol, which can be used as medicine, food, you know, and water. And look, even if you do not plan to use a weapon or ammo, for example, do you think you could trade it for something that you needed if we had economic chaos? And the answer is, of course. And given the direction these countries are going, with Canada does ban handgun ownership and gun ownership. 
what do you think the value of guns and ammo are going to become? I mean, and, there, and if you, there's no question our government's been going after it, it just every time these leaders come out with this stuff, it's almost like they have stock in, uh, in the, it, they own stock in weapons, uh, ammo companies and weapon companies, because more people are just going to buy them. Because the more it's threatened, the more people are going to want it, right? The more valuable it becomes. So, and this, ener this energy restrictions causing inflation and everything else is the core cause of all these things. Of, of, if we do have rolling blackouts and shortages of different things, it's because the, the record cost of, of gasoline and fuel and diesel and stuff like that. It, it's really very simple. So, what I want to say is this. If you are a person who has lost in, lost faith in the current administration, the current leadership, and you don't know what direction this, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I don't think anyone knows exactly what's going to happen. We are in, we're in a position, we're in uncharted waters. We have record inflation. We have a leadership government that is dedicated towards causing more pain and, and fund, as they put it, fundamentally changing our country, okay? Which is creating economic chaos in many cases. You know, your personal bank is a really good safe haven. It's guaranteed. It's insured. They, these companies are well positioned to weather. They weather the Great Depression without a hitch, never miss the dividend. Heck, I've got companies that have never missed dividends we work with since before the Civil War. So they went through. I don't think what we're dealing with is as bad as the Civil War as far as a threat to our country. Okay? They never missed dividends through that. So if they can manage that kind of stuff, I think they can manage where we're at now. And it's a good place to be. And look, if, if our currency is not of any value, it's not going to be of any value anywhere. And like I said earlier, you're going to want food, water, weapons to protect it. Right? But outside of that, Contact me, toll-free, 866-268-4422, or yourpersonalbank.com. I'll, I'll show you how to take control of your money back. Get it out of the government system, the government retirement system. Take control, get positive arbitrage, increase your rate of terms, and safely leverage bank money. I can show you how to do all those things, okay? And reduce your taxes. Look, I don't know about you, but I personally don't like the direction our country's headed. And if I can do something legally to reduce the amount of taxes, revenues that goes, that helps feed this monster, okay, our current government, that's going down the wrong path, in my opinion, and most Americans, like 70%, okay, why keep feeding it if you don't have to? Plus, it puts more money in your own pocket, right? It's kind of that simple. So if you're looking for an alternative, if you're looking for a diversification, if you're looking for some savings, you don't, you don't want you don't like the way our country is going and you don't want to keep feeding that feeding that direction okay and you want to gain some positive why not make a higher return on your money call me toll free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com and yes if you contact me you'll get to talk to me so i look forward to it for more information on your personal bank feel free to contact ference at yourpersonalbank.com
This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and riders may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare it when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and bank line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 